Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Talk About It, Sis. And it's Amanda, and I'm here with my co-host Maya. <laughs> and we are in episode 17. How are you feeling today, Maya? I'm all right. You know, just trying to enjoy the summer, enjoy the weather. I'm tired though. What about you? Uh, I'm cool. It's the, it's Saturday. <laughs> I'm black, but I'm here. So, Amanda, what are we talking about today on episode 17? So today we're going to talk about power and control, but specifically in relationships. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so just generally um, power. Honestly, if you if you look up power and control, it like automatically brings up relationship stuff. <laughs> it seems to be like the most popular topic when it comes to um, power and control. Um, Power is just pretty much anyone's ability to have influence over someone else or some entity. Um, If you consider having power over yourself, then that's what we know as empowerment. And in essence, control is is the same thing. And you could definitely give me feedback on this, but I think the biggest difference between control and power is that Control. People can attempt to get control, but they don't have any power. Some people use fear to get control. They strategize. Um, but I don't think you necessarily have some type of power if you possess control. Does that make sense? Mm, not really. <laughs> not to me. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you mean? Like, for example, say you're in a relationship with somebody, right? And somebody has... Uh, like most of the control in the relationship, like they're abusive to their partner, they control what their partner does. Um, to to me, that would seem like they have power in that relationship too. I feel like the two go hand in hand. I guess for me, I look at more as manipulation tactics and a, um, a facade to have some type of power. Yeah. Like I'm doing these things to get it, but to get control, but I, I don't have... Truly, truly, I don't have the power. I guess I view power as innate, and maybe that's just my broad definition of it. I feel like when people do have power, it's something that comes naturally to them Mm -hmm. as far as being influencers or having some type of leadership. Because I don't necessarily think something's wrong with power. Yeah. But most people will find something wrong with trying to control, have control over yeah, I guess I, I guess I see what you're saying. I think a better example, I think a better example would be like, take for example, the sun. The sun is powerful, has power, the ability to make plants grow, blah, blah, blah. Electricity to me is, it's man-made. It's us manipulating and have a strategy. Got I can it. flick on and off the light by a mechanism, but the natural power is the sun. So I just believe that everyone that has control over a situation doesn't necessarily have power. They can just manipulate or instill fear in people to make it seem like they have power. I get that. So how do you feel like um, power and control show up in relationships? I think that everybody, I mean, I guess I don't want to keep saying empowerment, but I feel like in all relationships, there's some type of balance between power and control. Um, Oh, power. If we're not looking at it like negatively, like it's okay. I think it's okay to have a healthy influence over your partner. If you're influencing to do positive things or to be like a better person or something. I think the problem is when mm-hmm. there is uh, it turns abusive, and then there's this um, control to not give the other person their 
um, needs or wants. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. I think like in healthy relationships, there's a healthy balance of power and control. And it's kind of like fluid. Like sometimes one partner has control. Sometimes another partner has control or Mm -hmm. one partner has control over these things and another partner has control over those things. Like it's a happy balance. And I feel like in abusive relationships, that's skewed. And like one person literally has all the power and control and the other person is just there in the relationship. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I know that you brought uh, some examples of like Mm -hmm. when one person has all the power in a relationship. And I wanted you to talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. So there is this model called the power control wheel. Um, It's actually used in in reference to domestic violence, but pretty much you could use it in any relationship just to get an overview of what it's like to have someone who's trying to control you. So the power and control wheel was kind of like what I was thinking when I said that there are some people that lack power, but they use different type of strategies to try to control someone. I feel like there's like very specific examples of what that looks like that people may not know. And I feel like it's actually pretty common. Like it doesn't have to be like extremely abuse for someone to be controlling you in a relationship. Like sometimes it's just common. So you want to like go through some of those yeah okay so um on the power and control wheel there are and i'll just go through the list um so the first is isolation emotional abuse economic abuse sexual abuse using children threatening um using citizenship or residency privilege and some type in intimidation um do you want me to kind of go into detail So, okay, so I'll give um, an example of like um, isolation, the first one that I mentioned. Yeah. That's like controlling what that person does, trying to keep them from their friends. You know, that that person may say, oh, I'm just jealous and I don't want you hanging with other people, but that's just a means of trying to control, keep them away from their support system. Minimizing, denying, and blaming, pretty much that gaslighting. Um, making it seem like it's not that big of a deal when they talk about their emotions, blaming someone else for their abusive behavior. And for people that don't know what uh, gaslighting is, it's basically like people that make you question your reality. Like, for example, you know somebody called you a name, right? And then when you bring it up to try to say, hey, like you called me this name and it made me feel X, Y, Z, that person totally denies your reality. Um, And, you know, the first time it may be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I was wrong, you know, or like, I'm pretty sure I said this, but this person saying I didn't. And then over time, if a person does that consistently, it can get to the point where you're really like just questioning your reality completely. And it like chips away at like your autonomy and your like trust in your own Mm -hmm. self. That's in a nutshell. Um, The next one is using children. Um, I think this is a big one, especially with parents who are maybe in the divorce stage or or co-parent. But passing messages through children, um, inappropriate messages that were between adults, it could be something like if threatening divorce and I'll take the kids from you because, you know, you have this, this and that as an issue. So using children, um, using male privilege, that's a huge one. And I'm just saying it's huge because male privilege obviously is a thing. Yeah, talk about um, that. But using those gender roles and traditional, um, you know, roles that women play in the household against her. So acting like, you know, like you're the king of that castle or, you know, I'm the man. So I get to make these decisions, blah, 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 stuff like that. And you have to serve me and like 
you're the only one that needs to do the cleaning. Like, you yes, know, like that's the big uh, I'm basically the man of the house and I get mm-hmm. whatever I want and I control it. <laughs> and and he, he didn't earn that. He didn't earn that power. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like in like uh, religion, that's how a lot of that is like um, enforced. I feel like, you know, like mm-hmm. they have the ideas that like men are the head of households yeah. and women are meant to be like the help me and that's skewed a lot. <laughs> and then men end up being really abusive and the women ended up taking it because they're like, well, mm-hmm. this is like what I'm supposed to do. But yeah. yeah. And the next is using economic abuse, which again, to me, still rolls into male privilege, uh, controlling mm-hmm. the finances, giving in an allowance. Um, I saw. <laughs> A conversation recently on joint accounts and it's like I don't that's not to go off topic but I think sometimes joint accounts is just a way to some for people to some people to monitor what you're doing with your money um and not letting your partner know how much you have and how much is in your savings and things like that so the next is using coercion and threats and that could be threatening to leave threatening to say if the woman is on public assistance you know threatening to tell welfare cut the food stamps off because you know, you're doing this or because I'm living in the house and I'm not supposed to be. A big one is starting to commit suicide. And I didn't realize how many men did that until I saw a meme about it. Like it was just like, it's supposed to be a joke, but it's like guys are really out here threatening to commit suicide when they do something wrong to keep that woman. I mean, women do it. <laughs> No, okay. So I, I definitely, I just thought it was something like a lot of men do for the last resort. Um, and another one is when a woman does say she's going to file charges, trying to get her to drop the charges. I mean, oftentimes, I'm sure, um, I've, I've read, I've read stories of you know a woman press charges, and then when it's time for court, oh, never yeah. mind, you yeah. know things like that. Yeah. Um, using intimidation. So that's that's the aggressive, physical breaking stuff, chasing stalking, just all those really aggressive acts of behavior. Mm. Um, And then the last one is using emotional abuse. So making her feel bad about herself, um, calling her names, making her think she's crazy. So a lot of this overlaps when we talk about the the gas, like we just talked about the gaslighting, making her feel guilty, things like that. So that was a lot, but it was pretty to the point. I also feel like a lot of those things aren't like don't show up as extreme as they sound um, in relationships. Like I know I've been in relationships that like definitely have had some of those signs or situationships I'll say. And they were short term because I was able to identify them. But like, if you're not looking for them, you might not know. Like when we when we talk about abuse, uh, we always think about abuse as like person is hitting me or like the emotional abuse is like extreme. Like they're calling me a bitch mm-hmm. or like, you know, talking down to me. But like, I also feel like it's often starts out with like really small mm-hmm. things. Um, and if you're paying attention and, and it can stay to small things, right? It doesn't have to escalate into this like hugely abusive situation. But like if something is like, like this is going on for a long time, it still chips away at the person's self-esteem, even if it's not like some grandiose like action of abuse, if that makes sense. Like, for example, if you're with someone who's always gaslighting you, you know, and, you know, a year down the road, you literally have lost all trust in what you believe Mm -hmm. to be true because you're like, okay, so for example, I remember... I mean, this is this didn't happen to me, but I remember reading like a story about it, and it's like you know that her boyfriend would gaslight her all the time, and then like like for example, they would go out to dinner, and he'd start saying stuff like, "Oh, did you see like everyone was looking at you? Everyone was looking at you like you kept like mm-hmm. saying dumb stuff, right?" And she's like, in her mind, she knows like these are her friends; they've never acted that way 
before, but he's, you know, she, he has essentially like torn down her ability to like Mm -hmm. see things as they are. Yeah. So like, Hey, some people might not think that's like a huge thing, but it is a huge thing. Like when she gets out of that relationship, is she going to have the ability to trust herself? Yeah. You know, and if you're not like paying attention to these things, that could be a huge huge deal. No, I definitely get what you're saying. And even for some people, then when we talk about that control part, some women or some people, they take some of that attempts of control to be basically they take it as flattery at some point it's like oh my man takes care of everything and he doesn't really like me to wear this and it's kind of like um that that's not something that we should be um encouraging um that falls to me into the whole isolation and that male privilege thing again i mean someone a man has put himself in a position and he feels like he can control every aspect of someone's mm-hmm. life just based on the fact that he's a man or he may have yeah. his own insecurities. But no, I think yeah. a lot of women miss out on that other type of abuse because they look to it as what they're supposed to do. Or a man cares about me, therefore, that's why he's always in my business. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I also think it's important to like think about like how people get to this place. And I often feel like it's like rooted in childhood dynamics. Mm-hmm. So like... If you grew up with a really controlling father or like a really controlling mother who like told you you have to be home at this time and you're like 25 Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, or your mom's super like codependent and like calls you 24 seven is always asking where you are, you know, like those behave, like being treated that way becomes like a sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. for you. Like you develop like, oh, well, like this is how things are supposed to be. So if you meet a partner like that, who's like monitoring where you are all the time, calling you five times a day. Right. That may feel normal to you, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I also, so I think that like, that's on the side of the abused, right? But I also think about the person who might like be uh, using these tactics, like to gain control in a relationship. I often find Mm -hmm. that when it's men, which it is predominantly usually men, um, felt powerless in childhood. Like maybe they had a super overbearing mother or an abusive mother who treated them like crap and they always felt helpless. And so now as they're an adult, they feel like they need power and they need control. And so they like use that in relationships Yep, as like a way to like redeem whatever they felt (laughs) like in in childhood, which is is actually really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually really sad because like I empathize with that. Um, And I don't know if a lot of people even know they're doing it you know, or like why they're acting this way or why they need to monitor their spouse or why they need to like belittle you. Um, I just find it really interesting. Yeah. And I I wonder when you say that, if there are no consequences to their behavior, they may not know what they're doing is wrong. If no one's ever said anything. I mean, if you're not being physically abusive, who's telling you that you're being emotionally abusive? Yeah. But I also think like, like, for example, women, some women are like too scared to say anything. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, if somebody's always like calling me a name and I don't like it and I'm like, okay, well, I don't like it, but like, I like this guy. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like, you know, glaze over it and hope it gets better. Right. (laughs) Right. It's not that big of a deal. He's like good in other ways. Right. Um, and I never say anything about it, then that's a problem. Like, because I'm allowing that to happen. And it's not like blaming the person, but it's like, Hey, you have to be able to recognize these signs and like set your boundaries with people. Like, and I find that like abusers definitely don't like boundaries. So as soon as you start 
oh yeah. setting them they're gonna they're gonna start acting out and you're gonna see like oh wait like so it's not okay for me to set these boundaries with this person because in healthy relationships like both people have boundaries and they are both respected uh but in abusive relationship one person is either totally violating the other boundary the other's boundaries are constantly like pushing on the other's boundaries <laughs> yeah um, and that makes me it goes yeah. back to me um and i don't want to call people like this predators um because that can be mm-hmm. such that can be a harsh word but it's kind of like what predators look for they look for a weak they look for weak a weak weak people weak a weak person so if you're an abuser mm-hmm. you're not look you're not going to be attracted so you may end up going out on a date with a woman who has boundaries but then you find out uh this doesn't work and it doesn't work because she has boundaries and that's not what you're looking for and so a lot of people with those with those mm-hmm. control issues and the need for power they seek out partners who don't have boundaries that's comfortable for them. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say like, I don't want to use the word weak because I don't think these people are actually weak. I just think like Mm. they probably grew up in super codependent households where, you know, like, like we talked about this in previous episodes where like the one person's needs became Mm -hmm. everybody's needs or one person's mood shifted, everyone's mood shifted. So it can be really hard to like learn boundaries for people like that. Like you have to literally like practice them. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm going to, set this boundary and we're going to see what happens but yeah i feel like that uh, it's a learned behavior if you haven't Mm -hmm. learned that when you were young so i don't want to use the term weak i just think it's like codependent like the like like for example people with narcissistic traits where Mm -hmm. you know they feel like they're super selfish everything is about them like Mm -hmm. it's just about getting their whatever supply met like they choose people that will feed into yeah that will feed into the ego because they don't have their own self-esteem right like or they meld and mold with other people so the narcissist mood becomes their mood but like i said that all starts in childhood like a lot of people have like narcissistic parents you know right Right. No, you're right. And you're right. I shouldn't have said weak. So that was a good clarification. But that also, too, is that support system, which, again, that that person they're dating doesn't have any control over. Because even if you weren't codependent, you they may notice that you just don't have a solid group of friends. (laughs) So Mm. if they do have some negative behavior, they can't, you know, they may not have a mom or aunt they can run to and be like, tell them, you know what, this isn't right or this isn't normal. I mean, people will be surprised how many people are getting relationships and they don't have their friends to have their back. They're just there with their partner. And then that's it because they, their partner either made them cut them off or they just had issues where they couldn't maintain relationships. And so now they're in a long-term one and they don't have any, any support system. So that that's a huge one too. Just having someone kind of please the side like, you know, yeah i also think about that like you know the the type of friends that like get into relationships and then they like don't hang out with their friends anymore and they only hang out with their partner like to me that's codependent and it's not healthy but so Mm -hmm. many people do it like literally so many people are like well like i'm in love and i think like you know it to some degree right it is normal to like go through the honeymoon stage and want to be around Mm -hmm. each other all the time um but like at the point where you're like consistently like blowing off your friends and like that person is your only friend, like I think that's really unhealthy. So I think it's like also where like do you think that comes from the- though? 
I think it's it like comes also with like, like not a, having, you know what, I don't need my friends anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's how it goes. It I think it just like goes with like not having any boundaries with yourself, right? Like I remember I was talking to my therapist about this and just like dating in general, and I feel like it's important to set the pace for how you want a relationship to mm-hmm. go so that you're not speeding into something. And so I like, you know, I think one to two dates a week when you first start dating somebody is fine. I think like not accepting last minute dates. If you already have something else to do, not canceling plans with your friends to see this person, like maintaining your own right. life and your own things that you've got going on and not meet letting meeting someone like throw that off, you know, like okay. I'm going to keep my life. <laughs> and like this person needs to be in addition to all the things I already have going on, right? But I think okay. that a lot of people are like, oh, like, I, right. yeah, but a lot of people are like, you know, like, I've always wanted this relationship. So, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep it <laughs> and kind of just throw their life to the wayside, right? And then how many people were we like, right. you know, you heard the stories of, you know, they gave up basically their whole life for this person. And then when it was time to break up, they were left with nothing because their whole life Nothing. became yeah. this person. Just dependent yeah. on this relationship. So I think, yeah. yeah, I think in that, that is very codependent and very unhealthy. Yes, yeah. and I do think that people who thrive off power and control do look for partners like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy because I'm like, do they really just know? Like, do these people who, I, I find that codependent people are often super empathetic as well. Mm. Um, So I'm like, do they just like seek out those people that are so empathetic to their own detriment you know they'll be like oh you know I think so. <laughs> you know like he's being really mean to me but he's going through a really hard time so i'm just going to try to understand where he's at as opposed to no he's actually being really mean to me and it's okay that he's going through a hard time but that ain't got shit right. to do with me <laughs> right i mean like, that's how you end up i don't know breaking it off with a guy you go on a date and you're like okay i'm not tolerating that what he said and then it's done but that guy is agreement because yeah, she's not the one for me. But once you date around, you you find that person that puts up with the name calling, then that's your match. Mm, damn, that's deep. <laughs> like it is predatory. Now that I'm like thinking about yeah. it, yeah, sounds so predatory. Yeah, <laughs> I was really trying not to use the word predatory because I think of like you know adults preying on children and stuff. But it's still predatory mm. to seek out someone that you can like, like you said, can mold. You can mold them to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's super I also think it's super important for people to like know the signs of these things, like know like red flags before you, you know, like in the beginning mm. stages of a relationship, right? Like somebody who doesn't pay any attention to your needs. So you know, somebody who you tell some, them that something's bothering you and they tell you why it's not a big deal, like they're belittling right. whatever you're feeling. You know, they just like a lot of things, like you tell them something you don't like and they don't care. Like all those type, all those mm. like little things, I feel like progress when, or like, I don't like that friend. Like dog, you've known me for two weeks. Right, like why? What do you mean you don't like that, bro? <laughs> yeah, um, stuff like that. And then I also think like love bombing, like in the beginning of a relationship when a guy is like, I love you. Like, let's move in together. Like, and y'all known each other for like two days. Like, oh, you know, you know what? Like, you're like mm, no one I ever met before. Yeah. I feel like that's how they prey on people who are codependent because people on code, who are codependent just want to be like together with somebody, right? So they might like overlook whatever else he's saying as long as he's saying like sweet nothings, like I love you and like I can't wait to so be with you. So under are get there, married. 
Are there any circumstances which you think it would be okay for someone to say, just meet someone and it doesn't have to be for like a week, mm-hmm. but then like dive into a relationship and move in with each other? Because I think that is a red flag and I don't, I don't think there are any instances where that's okay. I think that's a start to something that could be very toxic. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to be black and white. Um, I mm-hmm. think there's always outliers. Like, I do think that a lot of people did mm-hmm. that in the pandemic. Um, and I think it worked out really bad for some people and maybe some people it worked out okay for, um, would I personally jump into a relationship with somebody who's telling me they love me like after a week? No, I would be very wary. I'd be like, but you don't even know me. Like who, what do you love about me? Like you, you know, you don't even know that much about me to be saying you love me but like in the past i definitely you know in my earlier 20s when i had no sense and i was like codependent Mm. myself those things were flattering to me right i was like Mm. oh like they now he wasn't saying he loves me that would be that would have been a red flag but you know calling (laughs) me every day uh you know setting up dates all the time being super nice so telling me how much he likes me um and then it's like only like what a month or two before the other foot drops right Mm, like you just start to see that oh wait like he actually he said he was gonna call me he ain't never call me back or like like slowly things start to like kind of so is that common with love bombing yeah i I feel like that common love bombing yeah love bombing is usually like someone who's like a narcissist or suit has a narcissistic personality traits they come on super strong usually make it seem like like you know they're the perfect thing they're this nice shining armor they're gonna take care of you (laughs) um and then you know after a short time things start to change or like what i find is like people who are have narcissistic have narcissistic traits put you on a pedestal like you're this great thing you're the most amazing person that they ever met and then as soon as you do one thing wrong or one thing they don't like, you become like Satan spawn, you know? <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait, mm. like yeah. the thing okay. that keeps the, yeah, the thing that keeps for what I noticed, the thing that keeps people in relationships with narcissists, especially like people who are super emp- empathetic is like the hope that they'll return to that person that they once were. Cause you're like, wow, I remember mm. this love bombing period. He was like the nicest guy on earth. Like he did all those things. I'm sure he can return there, but that wasn't him or that wasn't her. <laughs> you know, like, But you're just wow. constantly hoping they go back to that place, right? And then they're manipulative. So it's like, okay, he did that love bombing period. Now we're in this horrible place and I'm getting ready to leave. And now he's super, super nice again. So he's got me back. Right, okay. Yeah. He's evil again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's oh that, it's that like, it's like an illusion. You're like, wow, but this person is really nice. I know. I know they can be. I've seen it before. But they're treating me like garbage. Yeah. Mm, so I think yeah. I think in, in some, I think it's like psychological abuse. So people get really confused. Like, you know, people get like, I don't know, in trauma, there's a thing mm. called being flooded. So if mm. you like, it's you're confused about who you're actually dating. Like, who is the real one and wow. who is the fake one? Yeah, like, wow, that's what I'm saying. That's so that, for like, people deep. who... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I see it so often is the crazy part. It's really common. Like if you just go and do a Google search of like people in narcissistic relationships and how you get out of it, there's so many people in in, in relationships with people who are narcissistic. It's crazy. Yeah, I've read read somewhere and I can't remember... I think it was one of my, actually my textbooks, but there has been a crease in like narcissistic behavior over the past um, two decades. They don't know Mm -hmm. 
they scientists and studies don't know why um it's increased mm. a theory is that we more so more access to like self-esteem classes and people lifting each other up that was just one theory but mm. it is something to note that there has been an increase and in people have seen it like and mostly men yeah. um you know are have those traits of those narcissistic traits yeah. but i think about that it comes i feel like most narcissists have had some like abuse in their own childhood and just have like a very actual fragile mm-hmm. fragile self uh, like self-esteem so that's why they're doing these things right they're not just like hey i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i don't actually feel great about myself but i'm gonna pretend like i do right (laughs) yeah and again for some people if this works out for them they're not gonna stop their behavior that's why they say you know a lot of narcissistic people are in positions of power they're famous they're money Why would I change my personality if it's gotten me this far? Um, It's crazy. Can you talk about the difference between narcissistic, um, like personality disorder and just people who have narcissistic traits? Because I feel like that gets confused these days. It gets confused a lot. And um, if I went down like the symptom list in the DSM for what narcissistic personality disorder is, it pretty much sounds like someone with narcissistic traits. The biggest issue with that and like most mental illnesses is that the pattern of behavior is so bad that you cannot function in the workplace. You cannot function in a relationship. You cannot function with your friends and family. Mm. And some people have narcissistic behavior. They're obnoxious, but they may just be obnoxious with some people. Or they may just be obnoxious with the women, but they do mm. fine at work. So that's the major difference is how much does it impair your lifestyle like um you may find yourself in therapy for depression or for substance abuse and it's because of this behavior versus someone who just has these traits who doesn't see anything wrong with them they're not in therapy or anything they feel like they're doing fine and i also want to note too that the diagnosis of narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder is very low there it's it's not a lot of people diagnosed with that so when people say you know, he's because who would, who wants to admit that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's something going on in your yeah. life. Well, okay. You know what? I can't keep a job. I can't keep a wife. Maybe there's yeah. something wrong. And you're right. You have to admit to it. But I think that's the biggest difference is you find yourself in therapy because you can't control like this behavior is hurting me. Now. Interesting. So what do you think like healthy relationships look like? Like, obviously, we've talked a lot about <laughs> what <laughs> unhealthy relationships um, and like toxic cycles look like i think like i said earlier that i think healthy relationships have like a healthy balance of like power and control one person is not like dictating what the other person does like there's a space for open communication Mm -hmm. um you know uh, you're able to hold space for your partner here and listen to what your partner is actually saying not everything you say like if you have a concern with your partner they don't take it as an attack you know if you're just like bringing up a concern like, I think it's just, like, an openness to, like, learn and grow and not hurt each other, right? Like, well, of yeah, course, we're, like, um, not perfect. Well, I just, I always, I always preface this when people say, you know, if you love someone, you don't hurt them. <laughs> um, I just yeah. don't agree. I don't, I don't believe that. No, that's not what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's also what you do with that hurt, what you do with the, um, you know, it's, are you all talking about it? Are you willingly going to therapy? Do you, yeah. Do you acknowledge that what you did was wrong and 
apologize appropriately. I mean, there's, there's a book on languages of how you apologize, but are you taking um, accountability for it and not gaslighting someone like, Oh, I only did this because you do that. I mean, that's not the proper way to handle when you hurt somebody. Um, Yeah. Also too, like, do you both feel empowered in the relationship? Like, Mm. That, that's, you like that's, wake up together really ready to you know ready to take on the world together <laughs> um, yeah I don't know I yeah. look at just relationships as like best as it's supposed to be like your best friend like you all have a great mm-hmm. friendship I feel like a healthy relationship yeah. has a great friendship for yeah and I think a lot of people maybe don't look at relationships like that and look at relationships as like a competition mm. with their partner, mm. like, or like working against each other about who's right. right. And e- instead of like, how can we come to like a common agreement? Like who cares who's right? If we, if we're going to sit here trying to figure out who's right, we're going to end up not together. Right. right? <laughs> like, Cause that don't make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not trying to like battle each other. And then like, I've been in relationships with men that I felt um, were like competing with me or like didn't want to see me be empowered actually. I've heard that. Like, I've heard that from women before. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, you know, me setting boundaries was like, they didn't feel happy about it or like me you know having success in my career they try to like downplay my success okay let's bring it back to the control these these guys (laughs) they can't control you if you're successful (laughs) yeah i mean they can't control you if you have boundaries they can't control you if you like have Mm self-esteem if you you know know what you want for yourself Uh, a lot of people are like threatened by that so they try to like Mm -hmm. bring you down to their level yeah, and men try to bring other men down. I mean, you see it on the internet, like, oh, he's staying with her, and she, yeah. she, he let her say that. People do that with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett all the time. Like, they call Will a simp, and he doesn't have any control in his marriage because Jada Pinkett, yeah. obviously, his marriage about control. What do they mean? <laughs> what that she, she does? He doesn't I mean, have any control in his marriage. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, that's what I see all the time. Like. Anytime a woman or a wife is outspoken, it's like so you'll find some men somewhere like, yeah. oh, he doesn't have any control in this home. He let his wife say that. Yeah, he I'm just let, like, oh, Lord. He let her it. come out the house like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could never, girl. I could never. Um, I feel like it's equality. It's understanding. It's kindness. Yes, there'll be mistakes and there'll be hurt, but it's a willingness to like take responsibility, change, and like move forward. Yes, yes, they kindness. need to be that's kind to you. It's exactly. like not overrated. Someone that's kind to you. Yeah, <laughs> treat you <know>. gently. <laughs> like when I, I just think about like the types of people I've encountered, and I'm just like, what type of relationships have y'all been in that this is okay? You know, like. Like, why would I want to be with anybody that tries to tear me down? Right. In any way. God. But, but then I, then, I, but then I'm like, but hey, if you're like, have really low self-esteem, yep. then yeah, I could see like, you're just like, well, like, that's how I feel about myself. So it must be true. And the person is just reaffirming how you already feel about yourself. Because if you have good self-esteem, ain't no way anybody's going to mm-hmm. come into your life and start talking to you crazy. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. All right. And I I mean, I think there's a rare percentage of people that may depending on their lifestyle, they they have their preference is for their wants to get met and not their needs. Oh, so like, you know, a, a partner may put up with someone who's financially 
in a good space and they're no, okay with that because not. that's one of their one of their wants like oh really? he may be a mean to me like he may be mean but he pays the bills <laughs> no no i agree with you i just don't i i don't agree with the fact that there are people that will prioritize their money prioritize money and money to take care of their kids over self-respect from their partner I do think that's common. I don't agree with it, but I do think it's common. But then you look back to like when women didn't have a choice, right? Like, so we did just put up with that shit because we didn't have no other choice. There mm-hmm. was, the, where were we going to get money? How were we going to support ourselves? Well, our yeah. kids were going to be out on the street. Yeah. So they just kind of like made that sacrifice so that they and their kids would be okay. Like, remember we were reading that thread the other day that was like, hello, like, <laughs> you know, they they were basically saying that a lot of men want, you know, relationships of the old days and like where the women like that are and mm-hmm. didn't ask if the women were happy because most of them weren't, which is so true, which is so true. Yep. Like, I'm looking at my own life and I'm looking at like, okay, what examples of happy marriages do I have? Like, who was genuinely happy of my elders that I could be like, wow, they were so in that's love. A good, that's a good question. I'm like, nobody. That's a good question. (laughs) Like I did see a lot of codependency, a lot of dysfunction. I didn't see nobody that was like, wow, like this guy treats her so well. Like I can't wait to find a man like that. (laughs) 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 Can never, never remember that being in my thought space. No, I think our generation is doing that. We're going to, we're the ones that like are doing all the work to have these uh, marriages that aren't built on you know, I need you for this and I don't have any other option type things. Yeah. Um, kind of like the thread said, these guys have to now make us like them. Like, what are you doing to make me like yes, you? Yes, it's so true. Just having a job and education, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing that we can have these conversations about like power and control yes. because, you know, most like by nature, men have pretty much mostly had the control, <laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. by societal plan. Um, so now we could say, actually, <laughs> yeah. forget this shit. We're going to take our yeah. control back. And now nobody's really liking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, these females. I saw you here these days. Oh, my these God. <laughs> as soon as somebody uses the word female around me, I know that I will automatically not be dating them. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. Oh, my God. I'm like, what What are, what are we, inanimate, inanimate objects? <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Do we go around saying these males? Like what? Right, these males. Women. But it's like literally, the term is so dehumanizing. Like we're not freaking mam like we're we are mammals, but we're not like why are we referring to ourselves like that? Mm. <laughs> Just don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Anyways, before I piss myself off. <laughs> um right. so the last thing I want to talk about <laughs> is the importance of self-empowerment and control over oneself. I feel like if you have self-empowerment yes. and you hopefully don't get involved in like dynamics like this. Right. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think too, that that may be, um, well, you may find yourself in a situation, like you said, maybe when you're younger and you don't, you don't have that same self-awareness, but as you work on yourself, yeah, you're not tolerating that. It's kind of like, (laughs) like, what are you doing? And it's also that dynamic of like older men who date really young women, because it's much easier to have that type of control. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Like, why are you 38 dating an 18 year old? Yeah. And they, they always say it's about sex, but I'm like, no, No. they say the woman's prime is when she gets older. So it's also (laughs) about manipulation. Good sex you're getting with no 18, 19 year old. (laughs) No, it's manipulation. It's that she doesn't really know the world yet. 
what it really means mm-hmm. to be like a woman and operate her power yet. Mm-hmm. And then if you have somebody coming in that's like controlling you already, then you just kind of like, okay, well, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's weird. It's a very weird dynamic. It's like father daughter. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Like, what are you, her daddy? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's disturbing. But, anyways, <laughs> well, guys, ladies, continue to operate in your power and don't let these dudes try to bring you down. <laughs> yeah. I'm ending on that. And honestly, guys, if you're out there listening, please Google the power and control wheel. It's going to come up in your Google searches. It's really. Um, beneficial and and it'll help you give give you an overview of those red flags you got to watch out for yes amen to that well thank you guys for joining us for episode 17 dang we about to come up on 20 pretty soon um yeah thanks for joining us for episode 17 of talk about it sis we will see you guys on the next episode